Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, certainly hopeful for that. Um, You know, we have been in communication and Actually, just the last two days, um, we've been in more communication. So um, we're going to continue to press on and, and, and work hard and a lot of respect on, on both sides of this thing. And um, I mean, it's been obviously well stated how we feel about Chris and he feels the same way. So, again, we're just going to keep keep working on this thing. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to next Thursday and, and hopefully he's in the lineup and he's ready to go. I'm feeling good, fellas. I don't know about you. I am feeling good. Like, listen, BK, Serta, I'm jumping right in it. No foreplay. I, I, listen, I have never this whole time. I've been I've been a little bit more nervous than anybody else about the Chris Jones situation. But as we sit here, I don't know what day it is, but as we sit here, uh, getting closer to the season right now, Brett Veach spoke, talked about there is some conversations with Chris Jones. There has been some words. They're having some conversations with their with his agent and him and. And uh, they're hopeful that he can come in. This right here, and I've been the most nervous out of all of us, right? I mean, you two have had the confidence of uh, uh, that you're dealing with a group <laughs> of people, Chris Jones and his representation, that are level-headed, that they're they're cool. I've been sitting here feeling like you're dealing with the same type of group that took over Ricky Williams when he took and went with No Limit uh, for the first time, and he was their client. So I like it. Master P was involved. That's where I've been. So I've been nervous this whole way. But now today is the most confident that I've felt that Chris Jones will in some way be in the fold week one. This is the most confident. I'm not guaranteeing it. I still am holding out. I still hold out a feel of like, hey, you remember them, someone showing him old videos of Emmett Smith in the 90s? You remember Emmett Smith? He held out two games. They played <laughs> Buffalo and lost. And then he got his money. So I, I, I feel like there is someone around there doing that. But this is the most confident I've felt that Chris Jones will be in the fold, fellas. So I'm here with you finally. Cheers. So I, I wondered where you were going to be on this because I saw a poll posted on arrowheadpride.com. It's some really great website on the internet. You should check it out sometime, Ron. Um, 1,100 right. votes in this poll. 1,100 votes. Really? Will I just did Chris a poll Jones. the other day. I only got 143, so they get 1,100, huh? <laughs> you got to get your socials out, big guy. Got a lot of uh, subscribers to there. I had pride. Will Chris Damn. Jones play against the Lions? 71% of those 1,100 votes said no. And, Ron, I think I've swapped sides on this. We've flip-flopped oh, yeah. on our team. You've lost? Oh, God. I... Why is he not there? They put him on the did not report list. And at this point, Ron, but he's on the roster. Why. He's on the roster. He's not. He's not, he's not. really. He's <laughs> he on the get, did not report. Yeah, he doesn't count for the 53. He's on the right. Can he count? He's not getting can paid. Count to, can he count to the 53? In a, in no, a yeah, second. I mean, they'll, you know? they'll just cut somebody and add it eventually. Let's go. Somebody, he'll ruin somebody's life. But yes, <laughs> let's go. Practice so, squad somebody. I, I have told you guys all off season. I am confident on this. I believe that this will get done. Whether it's a contract that gets done or he just reports to camp, he's not missing games because he's too smart. His agents are too good. They're not going to have him missing a million dollars every single week. I mean, this battle is very likely over a few, a few million bucks in average annual value over the life of a three to four year deal. If you miss eight games and the entirety of the preseason, you're essentially punting on 10 to $12 million. All right. So if you've got a four year deal that you're off by $3 million each year of that deal, and you're punting on $12 million this year, 
So you're just giving up that $12 million that was the difference in the negotiations? It doesn't make sense logically. And yet, here we are, man. The guy hasn't reported. We are almost exactly one week away from opening night between the Chiefs and the Lions. At this point, even if he does report within the next 24 hours or so, I would be shocked if he plays any re- a significant number of snaps because there's going to be a ramp-up period prior to that Detroit game. I, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. I, I think he's completely misplayed his hand here. I, whether he's getting bad advice from somebody else or he himself is taking charge of these negotiations and he is making bad decisions, I am shocked, legitimately shocked that we have arrived in this place. But my expectation, Ron, at this point And this is just pure speculation because it doesn't seem like anybody's got anything firm on this. I don't think we're going to see him on opening night against Detroit. And I cannot believe that's where we've arrived. Serta, do you think, though, that he'll be in the fold? Because I think I'm to a point where I'm the most confident that maybe maybe he didn't push this thing to where he's not actually ready to go and he'll be able to play the, the next week. But I think I think he'll be in the fold. Was it like three weeks ago? When Let I me check a, this. I'm hopeful clip. that he'll be in the fold. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like three weeks ago when I posted a clip from this show of BK stating like there there's yeah. no chance he is going to miss it aged time. poorly it didn't yeah. age well it did yeah <laughs> when he when he this was when he was in the midst of his world tour of just yeah. I'm gonna. I'm going to make this as uncomfortable and stupid as possible. What do you say? Just like, you just think I won't or something like that. Um, I don't understand how you're confident at all that he's going to be there anytime soon. I want you no, hold on. I want you to hear the words I said. I said (laughs) more confident. This is the most confident that I have. I don't understand how the confidence has increased from last week. Yeah, Ron, explain that to us. Where is this coming from? So this is why are you confident? Like I I like I'm judging by like how people move, right? And so I think the last two weeks, maybe three weeks, even including to the clip you just mentioned, because I feel like we were in the in the storm, and I would like to appreciate you doing that because it did it did give us some, some clips. That's what I'm here for. I think some people listen. I think some people listen to uh listen to a little bit more once you uh once you Chris Jones retweeted it. I appreciate that. But he was loud. I mean, he was, and now when I look at it, throwing a hail mary. I mean, he was. Going, it looked like the the thought process was let's push this thing and push it. Let's come out almost on a daily basis. Let's do stuff with actors. Let's do different things. Let's go and answer random people. Let's answer like let's do everything to make this a story. I mean, my man made first take like three times in a week, just about different things that he was doing. And now where is he? Quiet. You don't hear nothing from him. And he ain't moving loud anymore. And all of a sudden, he just stopped because it was a Hail Mary. And now it's time to get serious. And he didn't shut it up. Now, I'm sure tomorrow, whenever the next time this is heard, he will have come out and done something. But at this point, he has gotten quiet and he has stopped moving the way he was. And when you combine that with 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 Brett Veach coming out saying we've had communication, we feel and hope this thing can get done with his quietness. Because they weren't saying that when he was just loud and all over the place. But now he's quiet combined with that makes me feel like they're legitimately trying to work on something. Now, I, now listen, I don't know if this this means that he'll have a contract done right now. But at least that I feel like they're at least in a space where they're moving and they're communicating and talking right now. And when he's talking, they've come to some agreement that Chris Jones is not moving and just trying to be chaotic and loud and bring attention to this thing in every way. So that's why I feel more confident by the actions, what Brett is saying, and now Chris Jones then calmed it down. That's why I feel more confident. If he, When he was just this loud and cranked up, I'm like, well, hell, there's no way they're having any kind of dialogue, not huh. any meaningful dialogue. If he's, if he's going around here, there's no way we came out and had a great meeting, and then Chris Jones is coming out to random people saying, maybe I'll come back week eight. <laughs> not if we didn't have a good conversation. So – I, that's why I feel more confident because he didn't, he didn't close his mouth. See, and this is why I've shifted from where I was totally with BK. Like, there's no way he's just going to sac- keep sacrificing money like this. Like, we're we're approaching like unprecedented amounts of money that you're sacrificing. Like, aside from Le'Veon Bell just choosing to out an entire season or something like that, I bet there's not very many NFL players who voluntarily sacrifice this much money for 
to to try to get a contract. It, we're not even sure he's going to get it at this point. But the reason why I'm less confident about it is because of that silence. And I, I think the reason we're seeing him be silent right now is because now it's getting real. Now we got yes. games coming up soon. Yes. And if he's out there responding to people on social media, cracking jokes and, and acting lighthearted about this, well, that's how you get some teammates upset when they're like, when they're saying, man, we just, we just grinded all of this through training camp. All these guys who are out here grinding up in St. Joe, Andy Reid's difficult training camps all, all this time just to try to get to the roster. And then we get to week one and we're struggling and we're losing football games or something. If we get into the season and they really can't generate a pass rush without Chris Jones, maybe that does help his argument from his agent's perspective, because they say, look, look how bad you need him. You need him on the field to win football games. But I bet there's some guys in that locker room that'll remember that. And I think that's why Chris Jones is being quiet right now, because he understands he's not trying to upset his teammates. This is about, the contract negotiation between him and the chiefs. It's not about him trying to piss off the guys that he has to go play football with and go to battle with on the football field. Yeah. He tried to get his money, dog. He don't care. It, 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 he ain't thinking about them dudes that much. Here's what I'm trying to figure I'm out. Just, Ron. <laughs> he ain't thinking about them that much. He tried to get his money. What is the negotiation? Like that, this is something that I don't think maybe we've spent enough time on. Like, what is he asking for relative to what the Chiefs are offering? And who is being unreasonable? Because that, clearly both sides believe the other is being unreasonable. But if you get a neutral observer into the mix, like, who do you think they would view as being unreasonable right now? Because the highest paid defender in the NFL is Aaron Donald. And it's not particularly close. He's He has that contract that everybody wants, right? It's a three-year deal. It's $95 million, so it's about it's almost 32 a year. And for all intents and purposes, it's fully guaranteed. It's not technically guaranteed, but it's kind of like Mahomes' contract where, like, it's not technically guaranteed, but more or less it's guaranteed. It would be impossible for them to get out of it. So Aaron Donald, three years, basically all of it is guaranteed. After that, it's TJ Watt making $28 million. And of his $112 million, 80 is practically guaranteed. That is a wide gap between the top paid defensive player in the sport and the second high paid, uh, highest paid defensive player in the sport. And Ron, I don't even know what the comparisons are for Chris Jones. And I think that's what makes this such a difficult negotiation. Is like it's not even about the defensive tackles. Quentin what do you Williams, mean you don't? What do you mean you don't know the comparisons? I, I don't know. Like if you're the Chiefs, if we say Aaron Donald is off the board. That is a unique contract for a unique player. And while we all love Chris Jones, and I think you can make an argument Chris Jones last year was better than Aaron Donald, Chris Jones last year was not Aaron Donald in his prime. Aaron Donald in his prime was the best defensive player I've ever seen in my lifetime. I wasn't around for Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, so Aaron Donald's and Aaron Donald's the best player on his team, which Chris is not. Exactly. And, and the most important, yeah. So if you go by that and you throw out the Donald thing, that's the ceiling for any contract in the NFL. I don't know who you compare Chris Jones to because, like, maybe it's T.J. Watt, but if it's T.J. Watt, that's 28 mil, and it sounds like that's not even close to where Chris Jones wants. It's certainly not what Quentin Williams got because he's the second-highest-paid defensive tackle in the sport. He's at 25 a year. Like, I, I don't know who and his the guarantees, guy is. And his guarantees are in the 60s, right? Yeah, it's 66. So I, I don't know if million. you're the Chiefs. Yeah. What can I offer you that is reasonable without going to the Aaron Donald side of things? And that's well, why, for me, I think Chris Jones is the one that's being a bit unreasonable here. I don't. I don't know who it is. I'll. I'll. I don't know who it is. I'll just say what I would think it is unreasonable and isn't. If he's trying to jump um, Aaron Donald the way that basically and guarantees Deshaun jumped. Mahomes or how how Mahomes got jumped and all this. If he's trying to do that, I would then say that's unreasonable. If he's up on the, hey, I want 32, I won't budge. I want 31.7, I'm not budging. I think that is unreasonable, especially unreasonable when you're playing with Patrick Mahomes on your team when that when you with that money. I think that's unreasonable as well. But anything really. In terms of guaranteed do guaranteed dollars and per year, that puts him as the second highest paid defensive player in the league. Twenty? Would you say twenty eight is what T.J. Watt's getting? 
Yeah. Like, yeah, if he, if, like, if he's, it, I don't think it's unreasonable for Chris Jones to request to be the second highest paid defensive player in the game, both in, both in yearly salary, how it shakes up, and more importantly, both in guarantees. If TJ Watt is getting 28 and 80 in, in, in yearly and guarantees, Chris, if Chris Jones is asking for 85 and 28.5 or 29, I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think that's unreasonable at all for him because, and I, and I know it's because the Chiefs and everything is different, but I don't think that's unreasonable for him to do that, right? Like, like we just sit up here and, and like with the players, we've got players, like the only person that's going to really eat like close to what he should, should get anywhere like close to his value is Mahomes. And if I'm Chris Jones, tell with that. No, like, like I, I, I want to like on any other team, Chris Jones, would probably try to jump Aaron Donald, and some of some teams would do it. Well, none of the teams that, that that didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Some teams will do it, right? But but I think for him to ask for that, and just and try to, and them try to try to put him in a box where, hey man, Travis Kelsey, he ain't getting nowhere near as much as he could have. Like what you gonna do? Like what do you like? Why are you gonna? No, I I think I think for him it is reasonable. For him to be the second highest paid defensive player, and I, to me, if he said and he in his representation sort of said that's where I live, and I'm not, I'm not budging off that. I personally don't have a problem with that. No, and I don't have a problem with it either. I think he deserves to be the second high highest paid defensive player in the NFL. And I, I think he's that good. Player, not defensive tackle. And not, not, yeah. Not and, and, and I think he's that good, and I think he's that valuable to the Chiefs. And maybe they just haven't been able to get quite to that number. I don't think they're ever going to get to the Aaron Donald number. But maybe they can find a way to get to that T.J. Watt number. And I think that I would be totally fine with that because I think he is that important to this window and what they're trying to do right now. But then it comes down to the Chiefs would probably be like, well, can we make it a three-year thing where – we can basically figure it out and move off of it after two years. And Chris Jones probably doesn't want to do that either because he's saying, well, no, I, I want to be here long-term. I want to retire here or whatever, which is something that he said multiple times, but like the Kelsey thing is unfair because Kelsey has made his decisions and those decisions shouldn't affect Chris Jones decisions in any way, but you don't, you don't think, you don't think do. the Chiefs, you don't think the Chiefs are kind of pushing. I, that? I mean, you don't maybe they have, but like but the last time Chris Jones was getting an extension, Patrick Mahomes said, I set up my contract so they could pay you like, like, like Mahomes thought about the other guys on the roster back then. And I understand Chris Jones wants to get paid, but that shouldn't be on him now. But I, I just think that the Chiefs, maybe they are they are doing that, and that's totally unfair too. But I think what this comes down to is like a few million dollars, and at some point it's got to be okay. Well, it's not worth it anymore. Like we're we're not we're not going to keep having this conversation with you every single every single year because you want a few more million dollars, and maybe it's just better if you move on. And that's not where I want him to be, but it seems like that's where we're at now. And, and this is, Ron, where I think there's almost two different conversations happening simultaneously. Like, if you're if you're Chris Jones and you're saying you're battling over a few million bucks, all right, cool, but you've already missed out on $1.8 million in fines in training camp that can't be forgiven under, under the new CV, CBA. That's gone. You have lost out on $1.8 million that has been fined from your pocketbook. Now, if you miss games, it's $1.15 million for every game that he misses with the Chiefs. So essentially, after week one, Chris Jones will have willingly given up $3 million for the rights to negotiate his contract. If the gap between these two sides is $3 million, you just gave up your first year of that $3 million gap that you're talking about. If he continues with it, and he goes eight weeks into this thing, you're giving up the 12 million. That could be the gap in terms of the guarantees over the first three years. So are you then going to try to work that into the contract negotiations where you're saying, hey, I want my money back. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm saying, hell no. This is your choice to miss these games. And if you're Jones, I could see where you would say, yeah, but I had to do this because you guys were being unreasonable. So that makes it even more difficult. That being said, if we set that aside for a second, how I think age is another factor that we need to be talking about here because we have seen Brett Veach move on willingly from players that are over the age of 30. 
if Chris Jones signs this extension, it would start, it would kick in in his age 30 season. It would take him age 30, 31, 32, and probably 33 if it's going to be a four-year deal, which most of these big ones are. The only guy that is making 20-plus million dollars, more than $21 million a year as a defender, that is over the age of 30 is Aaron Donald. The other guys are TJ Watt at 26, Bosa at 25, Garrett at 24, Quinnen Williams at 25, Khalil Max 27, Jeffrey Simmons 25, Max Crosby 25. It continues from there. So if you're Brett Veach and you're looking at these trends around the league, I'm once again coming to the decision of like, okay, I'm going to pay this guy big time money and I'm going to do it over the course of three or four years. And three years of it is basically going to be fully guaranteed. I've got to get a little something here somewhere in this negotiation. Come down from 30, come to like 28 for me. So that way we can make this thing work for both sides. Yeah. And if Chris isn't willing to do that, then like I, I kind of understand where the Chiefs are coming from, frankly. And I say that as somebody that wants Chris to be here long term. Yeah, and that's and that's the other part is we don't know where it is. I to me, I'd be surprised well, the Chiefs are offering twenty eight million dollars. But like, I, I, like, I would be. I I'd be I'd be willing to bet that the Chiefs are saying last season's probably your high. Like we're we're willing to bet at 29 years old, last season was the ceiling, and you know, and you you probably still have another 12 sack season in you, uh, another double digit sack season where you're near the top of the NFL in pressures, and you're one of the most dominant defensive linemen, but you're closer to the decline than you are the ceiling, and that's probably what they're looking to pay for, which. That's what smart teams do in the NFL. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they but, don't but overpay they, just for things that you've done in the past. Yeah, but they certainly didn't prepare for it, though. Like they did, How could they you? I, I don't think they knew that this was going to be the way the negotiations they, went. They haven't prepared for it at all, though. Like, w- but what I'm saying is, if you will, let's say at your point, if you're willing to give up 28 and it's the 2 million, the 30, and to, to the point of what Serta is saying, yeah, but we only think you got a, uh, like maybe you got one more dominant year in you. I mean, $28 million, hell, you. You're wasting it anyway. If you if you don't do a four years over twenty eight million, then you didn't. Then you didn't. Even, but they didn't even prepare themselves. They don't have. They've got Naughty back there behind it. They haven't prepared because they thought they were going to get this done, man. I, every action, forget the words, right? Like the words mean nothing. As much as they will talk and they will talk and they will talk. Both sides of this negotiation. The actions are what matter. The actions are. Chris Jones has missed the entirety of camp and now appears to be threatening, and potentially likely to miss games because of this. The Chiefs decided not to trade him in the offseason the way that they did with Tyreek Hill. They decided to go forward with this in a way that they didn't with like Orlando Brown, for example, this past offseason. They they didn't prepare for life after Chris Jones because they clearly didn't think there was going to be life after Chris Jones. They thought they were going to get this thing done. And that yet, and was what, their stance. They yes. wanted to pay Chris Jones. And they are blindsided and surprised based on the actions that have taken place by where we're at. I mean, Andy Helley said it. Like he's flat out said, I'm surprised that Chris Jones is not here. I hear you. But to the point that what Serta made is like, there is no boy. We like, all right, man, he maybe he's only got one more good year in him. No, they, they, they knew all of that and know his age and were willing to commit to him for multiple years. Yeah. So but, it's not, I mean, it's not the age, the age thing. Like, oh, they, you, you knew the age thing and you were still going to commit. But like they were willing so to not, commit to Tyreek too. Until the ask got unreasonable. Like they were offering Tyreek Hill a contract extension until Tyreek said, no, this is what I want. And they said, okay, we're going to move on from that. Then, it's just their, their hands are, are in a, are tied in a much worse situation. I, this time I right hear now. you. What I'm just saying, there's never a, their, their actions because the chiefs are a smart organization was never a thought of a, hey, he may only have one good year in him. So we're like, we're, we're, we'd be willing to walk and not give a fair offer because they only got one good year of him. Because if they felt like he only got one potential good year of him, they would have prepared behind him with the thought I, process of we'll, we'll roll on it. They're, this ain't like no no um, Orlando Brown situation. Like that, They were cool. They, they, they were cool and started preparing themselves for that. So that's all I'm saying is, is they, this is a deal where, like you said, BK, they're blindsided that they haven't been able to come together to this to this number because they wanted to get they're willing to do a big deal it's just apparently much bigger than what they thought and the thing is to the point we were just talking about none of us know who's being unreasonable none of us know what is happening and what the numbers are and 
like if Chris is comparing himself to Aaron Donald, if that's if that's the comparison that he's making, that it's on him. Frankly, it's unreasonable. Like I, unreasonable. I, I love Chris that. Jones. I think Chris Jones is a future Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the best defensive tackles that we've seen in the last twenty years of the NFL. The guy is an absolute dominant force, and he is nowhere close to what Aaron Donald was when he got paid. Man, he's just not. Last year he was better, but prior to that, the four years prior to Aaron Donald getting paid. The guy had 59 sacks and 78 tackles for loss. The four years prior to right now, so the last four seasons for Chris Jones, he had 41 sacks and 36 tackles for loss. So he had 40 fewer tackles for loss than Aaron Donald in that stretch of time. He had less than half the TFLs. He had almost 20 fewer sacks than Aaron Donald in that stretch. And Donald's sack seasons were 20, 12, 13, 12. I mean, you know, but Chris you don't Jones to... was 9, 7, 9, Aaron 15. Donald like, was, he was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you don't, but you don't even have to go there right now. Because right now, I'll be honest. But I, we might I, have to. That well, might be the con. When I say that you may not have to go there is in, in terms of who he, who Chris Jones is compared him to. Like, right, right now, like right now, there's an argument. At least last year, he was better than Aaron Jones. But Aaron Jones, Aaron Donald. But like the point that, like even a comparison point is like, these guys just well, one of them is about to get paid, but like I don't, like I don't think he should get paid more than Nick Bosa. I mean, I think Nick Bosa is a better player than him and more impactful, and I think Micah Parsons probably does more. Now Micah can't get paid yet, but but to the people we're looking at, it's T.J. Watt. I think he's I think he is more impactful and better than T.J. Do Watt. you though? Because like yeah, I, do. I don't. Yeah, over, I do. Let me ask this a different way. Over the next three years, who would you project to be better? Aaron or TJ Watt or Chris Jones, because I think it's a hard conversation to have there. And I know we're chiefs fans. So like we view this through that prism. I think the answer is TJ Watt, man. He's 28 years old. And over the last three seasons, when healthy, he's led the NFL in both sacks and tackles for loss. We'll see. And Chris, but Chris has been more durable and and Chris is coming from just the one season though. It's really it's, just last yeah, year. Yeah. But yeah. I think too last last season though, when TJ Watt went down, that Steelers defense fell apart. And then when he came back late in the season, they were all of a sudden good again. And like the Steelers put it together and actually got back to five hundred. Part in part because TJ Watt's that important to the defense, and Chris Jones is that. But is Chris Jones better than Miles Garrett? Like, would you over the next three years take Chris Jones over Miles Garrett? Not for the Chiefs, but just like in general, who would you rather have? Because that's basically what a contract's. I'd rather have Miles Garrett, but I think that Chris Jones is a better player to this point in his career than Miles Garrett. Yes, I agree, yeah, but a contract's yeah. for projecting, right? Yeah, it's just, but, and it's only because of the yeah, age. but but, only but yes, but but in this, Miles Garrett already has his deal, and Miles Garrett is so far. He down. just got. Yeah, but but he's so but he's so far down in terms of what the people are like. If T.J. Watt goes up goes over Miles Garrett, then Chris Jones should, right? Because Chris Jones to me to me, and he's a it's not only just accomplished more. And I will take I will take the dominant defensive tackle today, especially with spec. I'll take the dominant defensive tackle today than the on the three four outside linebacker. Right, I'll take the dominant defensive tackle who can play D tackle and get you pressure and slide out on the outside in a four three and oh. get you pressure like he did against the Bengals to 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 kind of end that drive that was key to get getting the ball back. Like he's 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 it's and I also I also don't know this, but I'd be surprised that like this would be Christian's second contract extension with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many other defensive players, especially have made it to a second contract where they were then made one of the three highest paid players on that side of the ball with the same team. I would have to imagine that's pretty uncommon in the NFL because probably by that is. second contract, after you already get one major extension, they're probably willing to say like, okay, it's time for you to move on. We're just not, we're not going to keep is. doing that. But, like the Broncos did that with Von Miller. But Chris Jones is uncommon. Right, like Miles Garrett. And Von and Miller's pretty uncommon too, and Von Miller's just bouncing around in the leagues now. Yeah, but how many contracts did he get with Denver? Did he just get one? He might have gotten two. With I bet, two. I bet he you got Miles, a, a yeah, rework. Yeah, he's uncommon. Like, yeah. You think Miles Garrett? You think Miles Garrett's going to get another one? He should. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> like I, I think like so, these guys are the great, the great players that it, that is going to happen for, and he's not thirty. I think you. I think there is a point here though. 
off of the Chris Jones thing, which there's a lot to By get the to. way, just for what it's worth, it was only the one year one contract with Denver, but it was because he signed a six year deal. That yeah, that's it, the it, big it, difference here with Chris Jones is, and I, I'll give his side credit for this. He signed the three year contract last time yeah. around and it maximized his earning potential. And he'll get more. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it it will be interesting and we're seeing things. And I think in this to this conversation, Chris Jones has probably hurt himself a bit by the way he's going about his business. But Chiefs Chiefs fans are probably feeling different about Chris Jones, a lot different about Chris Jones than they did when uh when he won the Super Bowl. Like, I bet you if he came out and hit him with that sack nation thing right now, I mean, he might get some people to give him the finger. I mean, there's there, there's some people out at Clancy's in Blue Springs who will probably give him the finger <laughs> right now if they, hit, if they hit him with. What the hell is he doing in Clancy's in Blue Springs? I'm, just, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying there's some Chiefs fans at Clancy's in Blue Springs that are probably throwing, throwing the finger. I don't know if that place is still open. I used to have a great time at the Denny's next to it. But, I like – it is, it is, it will be interesting to see because Chiefs fans are, because some of the, some of the things that he has done on social media has been due to fans being upset with him. Like the other guy, oh, 20 million is so hard to deal with. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like fans are starting to turn a little bit on Chris Jones right now. Yeah, they always do that, though. Do you? Do you do, hold on. I, I'll ask you this because sort of until it inconveniences them, them. Yeah, no, they're on yeah. your side. Sort because sort of you're 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 a Chiefs fan. Does, does this make you feel different about Chris Jones? This situation? No, but I yeah. I don't get upset. You about don't care about it because you did. Yeah, you you hate people in general. So, but BK, has <laughs> this made you? Has this made you feel different about? I'm Chris mad Jones? at Chris Jones, man. I'm oh, mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to just be emotional for a I mean, second? You're allowed to do whatever you want to, but what the hell are you? Yeah, I know it. I pissed this son of a bitch trying to get his money. <laughs> his you know, money it's not how I it doesn't. This stuff doesn't upset me. Like, like I, I'm more frustrated. Like, kind of what you were saying with the Chiefs. Like, I understand where Chris Jones is coming from, but I, I'm frustrated that they were so confident that this was going to be an easy thing that it has dragged out for this long. Like, I. I'm I'm frustrated about the whole situation. I'm not frustrated at either side necessarily. Uh, listen, sort of BK is BK is Thursday night away from <laughs> grabbing a trash can and a jersey and lighting it on fire. Like I I think I feel like there's some people out here who are LeBron and Cleveland. I mean, and I think BK is with it that he is he has got he he has got I kerosene just... and he is ready to just light a Chris Jones jersey because he didn't buy the jersey. The jersey on fire. I'm going to buy one to light it on fire. Um, So, Ron, we have something in my relationship with my wife, right? Um, I am the logic and reason. She is the emotion. Like, we're the yin and the yang, and that's kind of the way that our, our relationship works. And so we view things from very different prisms. And sometimes that's really good, and other times that can cause some problems, right? When I look at things like this, I, I just want to see the logic. Like, if I can see the logic or the reason from it, I, I can typically be like, all right, listen, I, even if I disagree with it, if there's logic and reason behind why you're doing something, I can get behind it. I feel the same way with, like, schematics. If I understand why you're trying to accomplish something or decisions in a game and I disagree with it, cool. If you've got a good explanation as to what the information, the process was that went through it, I'm cool with that. All of that is to say this. I don't think there's sound reason or logic as to why Chris Jones is doing what he's doing right now. I don't think it makes sense. And so from that perspective, that's frustrating for me. Just as a fan that is watching the games on Thursday and they're about to take the field against Detroit, if there was a clear and coherent explanation as to why he's doing this, I could convince myself that it makes sense. I don't think there is. And so, yeah, I'm a little upset with Chris Jones right now because this is... This is one of those seasons that does not come around very often. We've seen this with Aaron Rodgers. We saw it with Brett Favre. We've seen it with every quarterback, frankly, in the NFL, not named Tom Brady, where your window closes a hell of a lot quicker than you think it does. And right now, the Chiefs' window is as open as any window has ever been in the history of the league. And Chris Jones is a big part of that. And so, like, if you're him, I understand why you're saying, yeah, I'm a big part of that. That's why I need to get paid. Cool. But let's do this. Like, Part of your legacy as a player, part of why you're going to be a future Hall of Famer is the moments that you have in the postseason, like what he did last year 
against the Bengals. That's going to be on his highlight reel when he goes into Canton, if he continues doing stuff like that. And that is why I, I always thought all along there was going to be a middle ground here. And if there's not a middle ground, if he is putting, and hey man, this is his prerogative. If this is how he wants to do it, fine, cool. But it doesn't mean that I have to view him the same way. He's putting his money over the Chiefs' legacy, over his winning window with the Chiefs. He is making the num- money the number one priority. Again, if that's what his driving factor is, we've all got different things that drive us, right? For some people, it's family. For some people, it's home. Whatever it is. For him, it is clearly money right now. That's fine. But there are also different ways to view that from the outside. And for me, as I'm viewing it from the outside looking in, it's really frustrating to view that because I didn't think he was going to do it this way. I didn't think this was going to be the way that he went about it. Yeah, and, and, and see, this is – and I think this is how a lot of – it just goes upon how people view things and think. And I think a lot of fans think the way that you – I hate that I view it this way. I'm mad at myself. Well, like, I, think a lot of fans, I think a lot of fans view it the way you are. And something – like, you did it. You took it and made it about money – for Chris Jones as if it ain't about money for the Chiefs. Like you said, like it's it's a it's a thing about money for Chris Jones. It's a thing about money for the Chiefs. But they and don't... the way but and the way I view it is and I I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs aren't holding up their end of the bargain. I wouldn't like when we talked about it just a minute ago, like who is being unreasonable, I wouldn't be surprised for a second who's not being unreasonable. I just watched the Baltimore Ravens be completely disrespectful and unreasonable for over a year to Lamar Jackson until finally they had to cave and understand it. So I don't trust teams. I don't think teams would, because I think teams will just roll on with them. It's about money for the Chiefs too. They don't want to pay. They don't want to pay a certain amount of money and, 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 and to bring him in. They want to get a deal. They want to get the right deal, which I understand because they're trying to fit this thing together. I get it. But Chris Jones, as you talked about, the window about a team. Yes, Chris Jones has got a certain, as you know, window to earn and to earn up to this point. And he knows as soon as I hit 30, my window drops right now, and it can't be as high as I am. So I am not convinced that he is just making it about – you're right, he's making it about money, but I don't. I'm not convinced that it is unfair. The, amount, the money that he is making it for because I think the Chiefs are making this about money. Now, Andy and then we trust because we see him every day and they're there preparing for the team for the season and he's not. But I think but I, but I'm, I think most fans and people are listening to this podcast are telling me to go to hell and telling you, yeah, that's right, BK. And, and I don't there, like my allies. Fr- frankly, I, I don't like my allies. And that's one of the things but that's I, really but tough think, about the but, stance but that I have But this thing is this. all about money. This thing is all about money from all sides. I think the the fundamental difference between where we're coming on this, just based upon our conversation here, Ron, is this. I I think that it's really hard for me. I, I, I kind of understand what the Chiefs' perspective is in terms of, like, if I compare where Chris Jones is at in his career to some of the other guys that are making top billing in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball, it's hard for me to make a strong, full-throated argument in favor of Chris Jones getting paid more than them. And so if I'm a, the Chiefs, that is the perspective that I would be taking is, hey, man, we're offering you $26, 27000000 million a year, and that's a really good contract for you, dude. Like, it is a really good deal at the age of 30 to make that kind of money over multiple seasons guaranteed. And if he doesn't want that, like, cool – go play for the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Chicago Bears and win five games and never be relevant again God, in your life. A, like He is such a fan. <laughs> he just did it again. He just did it again. Why he am I doing awesome. this? Why am I, I doing this? What's happening all, to me? You have made up a number that you believe the Chiefs have given. And what I'm telling you is – But what I'm saying is like 25 or 26 is the floor. And it's reasonable, dude. It is. I, I will say Chris would be filthy with the Bears. That, that would yeah, raise my Bears' expectations for this season. But, cool. but, but, Go win six games and never be relevant <laughs> on the national okay, I think they'd win eight. But, I, but, I, but I'm cool. just saying, I don't – like for me, I am not – I can't just confidently walk away and say, yep, yeah, the Chiefs are 
Mike, to me, if you told me the Chiefs were offering 25, which would be a slap in the face, I wouldn't be surprised one second. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It, it, would, it would surprise Go, me. All right, I, listen, I don't, listen, I don't like to see you like this. You're beating yourself up because you should. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're you're a full fan. I mean, you're full. Like I'm you're, mad about it. Right. What happened fan. to me? Let's get you in a space. Let's talk about the roster. Let's talk about the 53 man roster. Can I say this one more your... thing about Chris Jones? <laughs> I have one I'm more thing. About get, my my dog just it. farted. It smells bad in here. There's no reason for you to even have to mention that. Just nobody knew. Nobody knew. Sad. I just. We've never had this as Chiefs fans. We we have this window where they can win Super Bowls plural, and this they've already is... won plural. Run <laughs> plural. They've done it right here. Plural more. And are you going to somebody... break up? <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody on this roster that's really important to winning those Super Bowls, and he's kind of holding that piece hostage for us as fans right now and ron i don't like it it's a new position for me to be in as a fan i don't i'm not dealing well with it emotionally you know and you did it again you have now made it that chris jones is holding it hostage yeah i'm mad at him i'm mad at chris jones because right now would you be mad at chris jones if the offer was 24 million a year no no that's unreasonable but that's not where it's at but you don't know but you don't know you're officially i know what he's asking for damn it Every time you keep talking about it, you talk about it in a in a way that the Chiefs somebody the find that... out what they've offered. So that way we can have a conversation. So, about so this. BK could stop saying that it is Chris Jones who's holding the team hostage, or be even more firm in my stance. One of the two. It is all right. Listen, come on, get to a happy place. The cuts. Any 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 cuts jump out to you. any anything that because I know you you I mean there is nobody who works the bottom of the roster. In Kansas City, <laughs> quite like BK. Nobody. Serta, right there with me. Uh, yeah, they should cut Chris Jones. Serta doesn't enjoy it. You, yeah, I just kind of have to do it. I talked so much fifty-three man roster this week. Enjoy it. The last, the last three podcasts, he has literally said names of people, and I cover the team that I've never heard. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually legitimately surprised uh, Lamichael James didn't make this team. I, I thought he was going to say Lamichael James, the like the old Oregon running back. He meant P. Ryan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Same idea. I just I, for it. some reason I watched the 2010 Auburn Oregon championship game about a week and a half ago. So Michael James for some reason is on my mind. They fill the same role. Scat back. Like I'm surprised P. Ryan didn't make the roster. Um, I thought yeah, he, he had, had a great game against the Saints. He was, he was really good. 
I thought he was going to be a guy that ended up making it. Honestly, other than that, though, like I, I didn't think that there were a whole lot of shocks. I, I know a lot of people were surprised by the fact that they decided to cut Shane Bouchelle. I know uh, Ron's been crying about that all day long. He can explain it here in just a minute. But uh, that's that that didn't surprise me. I, I thought all along that was kind of the likely place that we were going to be is Blaine Gabbert got a guaranteed contract. He's here for a reason. They had Shane Bouchelle when they signed him, and then they went and got Blaine Gabbert. But, yeah, I, I didn't think there were a lot of other, like, real shocks. Did you? No. I, the only thing, like, it, when you talk about players on the roster, no. Um, I was – I knew they were going to be able to keep that kid, but they got a pick at him. I, I, I knew teams were going to look at the – what's the receiver's name? I know they, they Smith, traded him Smith over Marset. to – Yeah, Smith-Marset. Yeah. I, I I like the kid, but there just wasn't space. We tried to and, tell you about him last week, but you didn't. No, know I mean, I, 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 I liked him. I've seen he him. Balled. He, he was like place. second in the NFL in yeah, preseason. Yeah, I was going to say he had 100 yards against uh, whatever the hell that was, their, their second preseason game. But And he looked good when, when, when Ross – or I mean, with not Ross, when Rasheed Rice couldn't catch a damn cold. Um, he, he he looked really good. And, you know, you, you hate that you couldn't keep him. It would be interesting to see what he does in Carolina. But the only other thing that – that, that kind of intrigued me, and, and I think it's a positive thing because, listen, I, I mean, this team is not about the bottom of the roster team. Like, this is a team that's that's going for it. And that is that they they kept Kadarius Toney and they kept Legereus Sneed active on the 53-man roster, and Brett Beach talking about he thinks there's a chance that they could be ready for week one on Thursday. That is that That was interesting to me that they decided to hold those roster spots with those guys to be there because, you know, those are two guys that can really, you know, help this team. Obviously I, I don't know what shape or, or not even shape, but what kind of, uh, what kind of level injury wise Snead is. He just didn't look good walking the last couple of weeks. And then Kadarius Tony is, is the absolute wild card. Uh, not of the chiefs arguably of the NFL. You just never know what you're going to get from him from from week to week so I, th- I thought that was intriguing to me that those two guys made the 53 man roster and they decided to carry them it, it makes sense though because if you put them on the pup or the ir they would have four, to miss at least yeah, four, a month six, yeah. so if they think that they're going to be ready even if like i i don't think either of them necessarily is going to play full allotment of snaps against detroit maybe they play but, but if they play though role. like yeah, if Kadarius Tony plays, there's I mean, he just needs one opportunity to touch the ball. hundred percent. And but and, and could do so if he's right. If if they're even close, it makes sense as to why they would go about it this way. I, I'm with you. Like two weeks ago, I would have been surprised on Kadarius Tony. This is where we ended up landing. Uh so it's really good news for the Chiefs that that is the case. But the bigger surprise to me, and again, this is going back if you go back a few weeks, Justin Ross wasn't even a surprise. Like, we knew that Justin Ross was going to be making this team, and that's noteworthy, man. They kept seven wide receivers, with which Andy Reid has never done in Kansas City, and it's because Justin Ross made it – it wasn't even a decision. They probably were in their meetings, and they said, all right, we've got seven guys at wide receiver. What do we do around that? How do we make that work? Because Justin Ross was just too good in camp to cut him. He was, he was a guy that you had to have on this roster. Yeah. No, no Justin Ross, man I- – and it, and it, and it doesn't seem like just a guy you got on the roster. Like, you watch him; he oh. he's another one. He's like Kadarius Tony, where I just gotta I gotta stay away from him emotionally. Well, and and he, he, he talked get about that too with Ross and Rice and and Richie James and and Justin Watson's gonna get more snaps this season than we wanted to. But um, what is your Justin? What what is your issue with Justin Watson? He, Justin Ross should get more snaps than Justin Watson. Like we, we should see what Justin Ross could do more let's than it, let's just, let him we learn know it, what Justin Watson could do. We wow. Justin Ross should get more snaps than him. Rasheed Rice should get more snaps than him. Richie James should get more snaps. And Richie James is more talented than Justin. Justin Watson. I don't know. Justin, Different roles. Man, Come on, that's like saying okay, an okay. offensive lineman should be sure. playing a defensive line. Sure. Come on, but find a way to get those guys onto the field. Um, no, and they just they have so much depth there. And I'm not optimistic that Sneed and Tony are gonna play week one. Uh we'll hopefully get some answers on Sunday. The Chiefs will be practicing on Sunday because it's a short week leading up to a Thursday game. So they'll actually take the practice field on Sunday afternoon. So hopefully we'll have some answers by then. But I'm not optimistic either of those guys are gonna be there. But 
I also am starting to think like with the way this depth played out and like it played out in a best case scenario for them wide receiver wise, where they brought in all these bodies. Let's just throw a bunch of bodies at the position, see what happens. And then they were like, Oh, we actually kind of have to keep seven of them. Cause they're, cause they all look like they could contribute and be good. And so it's a best case scenario where, Kadarius Tony could, even if he is active, he could play 10 snaps in week one, or he could play 20 snaps in week two. And that's basically what he did in the late season and playoffs for them last season. So it would just be the exact same. It can impact the game. Yeah, Yeah. it can impact the game. So, yeah, that, 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 that to me was just something that peaked more than any, because there's just, there's not really that many. There's this, there wasn't going to be anybody we pound the table like, what the hell? Well, maybe BK, but pound the table of like, what in the hell? How did that guy not make it on the roster? So I, I was good with it. I, I do have one thing. You want to talk to about the, emotional. I want this one thing before we get to the game. To the game, that's sweeping, fan the game that is sweeping the nation here. I, I, I just, listen, this is my thing. And I want to come clean with this right now before the season starts. And I really, and I watched you beat yourself up earlier, BK. And I, and I almost want to beat myself up about this because, but I think this is growth. There was a time where I wouldn't even entertain discussing this position because I don't like discuss positions of people who don't matter. But I've grown, and this matters. And I just want to say that this is the f- the first time in the Mahomes era that I I have some some nerves about the backup quarterback position. And listen, I, I generally want to be someone that says, oh, it doesn't matter. But in each time the Chiefs have made it to the Super Bowl, they have had to have the usage of their backup quarterback, right? Chad Henney had to come through last year against Jacksonville in a heroic drive that he led that ended in a touchdown pass. I mean, I mean, damn near won the game, if, if you're honest with yourself. Chad had to come in <laughs> in the in the run in the run where they lost to the Bucks at the end when 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 he got choked out Mahomes on the field against the Browns and had to make a huge play to Tyreek and, and finish that game off in the year they won it. I mean, it, how many games did Patrick miss four? And and and, and Moore had to come in off the streets and and put it together. Listen, I, I'm going to admit. You shouldn't be worried. Yeah, they signed I, Matt Moore off of a high school I'm coaching saying, staff. I'm just he saying. He wasn't even playing I st- But I still, have a, I still have a lot more trust in Chad Henney and Matt Moore. And some of it, I will admit, has to do with Blaine Gabbert going to Missouri. I will All admit right, now the truth it, comes out. Now we get to the percentage. truth. This just but isn't logical at all. But There's what, no reason to worry but about But what has Blaine Gabbert done to make you trust him? So I just, like, to me. What did Chad Henney or Matt Moore do to trust them <laughs> prior to them getting those opportunities? Chad, Chad went out and did those things that made me trust him. I knew they yeah. were going to come in and do what they want to do. I mean, right. Blaine Gabbert I, has had some moments as a backup. Yeah. Where yeah, he's had, yeah, intermittently, he's had, as long as he's not playing every single week and defenses yeah. have tape to dissect of Blaine Gabbert, he yeah, can come Blaine, in in a pinch Blaine, and make some plays. Blaine makes me nervous. Blaine makes me nervous. I, now, listen, Blaine may have to do it, and, and, I'll, and I'll get through it, but Blaine makes me nervous. This is the most nervous I've been about the backup quarterback position, and I generally don't care about it, but the Chiefs have had to use it, and, and Blaine makes me nervous. If he has to come in games – I've seen Blaine have other moments too. Blaine is is Captain Hero. Chad Henney doesn't have hero in him. All right, more doesn't have is possible is literally a thing because he became a hero. Yeah, he became a hero, but his heroes were five yard passes and not trying to take. Yeah, take a I, I will say Bl- Blaine likes to sling it a little. Blaine, bit. Blaine will try to you sling like it. That. Blaine is Blaine will walk you don't, in. You don't and like think. that from the backup. You just want him to do no, what Andy tells I want, him. To I'll do. just do what He's Andy tells you. He, no, okay. He's gonna learn. I'm just saying. I feel like I have. I have grounds of nervousness that he's going to waltz in there and say, I'm Patrick. This thing's <laughs> not going to change. I'm going to sling it around the park. That's my concern. Matty Moore was a teacher. Yeah, you ain't got to think about that. Got it right here. First read. We're going. He thinks Blaine Gabbert's going full Leroy Jenkins. Like that, that, that is what Ron I just is think saying it's, right now. I think it's in him. And I am, I'm a little nervous, right? Now, it would be How long has way. Blaine Gabbert been in the NFL now? I don't know. It's a man. long time, right? Like, he's Since been 2011. 
He's and a, I've watched him in some the NFL old... for over a decade. You yeah, think, I've watched you really him. You really think he's the... gonna walk in and say, "I got this. This is my chance." Fight. <laughs> he's got. I'm gonna sling it. Yes, I think he. I think he's got more. I'll sling it in him than Chad Henney in them. Chad Henney gonna run the offense. He gonna run it. He's going. He's going past. He's going past the tight end, and do, he's going over the top. Do you remember the drive? When Mahomes went out and they had to bring Henny in, do you remember what they did on that drive against Jacksonville? It was running the entire time. They running barely and throws, yeah, running. No, it was running and throws to Kelsey. It was running and throws to Kelsey. Yeah, you think Blaine Gabbert can't get the ball to Travis Kelsey? I think Blaine, in his mind, he's going to say tight window to Justin Watson. Yes, at least once. Yes. I think he'll see Travis and say, "Oh, I see Travis." <laughs> Look Blaine at Darius Tony there in no look a pick six in the play. No, 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 but but he will go deep to Kadarius Tony and won't be close like Blaine normally is to set up a third and eight. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. You're ridiculous. This is this is, this is, the, this is I, far more ridiculous to be upset about than Chris Jones' contract. It's not. Listen, it's I say valid that as a defense and, mechanism mostly. <laughs> <laughs> it is valid, and I'm coming clean to you that the Missouri thing plays a role. I am coming clean. I didn't have to. I could have kept that to myself. The hey, man, I would feel the same way if it was Todd Reesing, so I get it, man. Wouldn't you? And Did I'm you ever you. doubt Chase Daniel? Like, he was a Chiefs backup. Like, he was fine. He's yeah, but Chase, a perennial but Chase, backup. Like, Chase, Chase kind of proved it, and, and Chase didn't play on no teams where it really mattered. Okay, that, that much. Like, I mean, he got, he got, man, he wasn't, he wasn't coming in and really bad. Great teams. All right. Okay, so that's to say. All right. I'm just telling I'm just putting it out there. All right? Like, I mean, like right now, if they tell me, oh, wait, all right, man, Pat's going to miss a game or two, I'd, 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 I wouldn't mind if they just checked in on Chad to see what was up. Like, hey, Chad, you got a couple of weeks in you? Like I wouldn't mind if they looked at Chad Henney and just hit him up and said, "Hey, let's let's. Hey, you sure you don't want to you want to come in for?" A <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. All right, this is the first one of the year. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Certified or imposter? Listen, I like to try to make folks happy. Certified or imposter? We're going into the season, going into Detroit. Next week, next time you talk, we talk. We'll be talking about full game with the Lions. But certified or imposter, Sky Moore as the top wide receiving threat on this team. Certified or imposter? Go ahead, certified. Certified. Um, I, I'm buying into. Oh, well, yeah. Like he thought I was going to say anything else. About he re- he reacted like I said, Jerry Rice. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think. I'm just reading what the Chiefs have been telling us all preseason and the way that they've deployed Sky Moore. He and and his snap total and his role in the offense, like he has been deployed as a first string wide receiver, as a starting wide receiver who is going to be on the field a lot and get a lot of opportunities. And then when Brett Veach talked to the media this week, he talked about Sky and said, Sky is a starting wide receiver for this team. We expect really big things from him in year number two. And I never left. I, I never got off the Sky Moore bandwagon. I have been here the entire time. And yeah. it took him a little bit to get there. But everything from the offseason just raves about his work ethic and, and how impactful he's been and how, how much he's studying and, and reading everything. And Patrick Mahomes loves him. And... I think he is going to be a guy who is going to be a consistent part of this offense this season. And I don't think it would be crazy if he winds up being the leading wide receiver in that room. That's filled with a bunch of guys that seem like they can make plays. He'll have a better year than Juju did last year. Yes. Let's go. I don't think that's crazy. 1100 yards, sky Moore, eight touchdowns incoming. I, I don't see why that's crazy. Like, Said, who eight said it was eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns feels like a little bit, of, a little bit much. There, <laughs> <laughs> oh, real oh, it is. Eight, eight, uh, eight in five, uh, uh, five, six. Yeah, there you go. I, I like that. I think that something else that Brett Veach said earlier today, as he was discussing the roster, stuck out to me as well. And he mentioned how, listen, the Chiefs have a really difficult offense for wide receivers specifically. It is a ton of side adjustments. It is a lot of stuff that is like, if the corner does this, then you do that. 
and there it's, it's a ton to be able to get into in your first year. And he was talking about that in relation to both Sky Moore and also what you can expect this year reasonably from Rasheed Rice as well. Because I think a lot of us are really excited about Rasheed Rice. I think just in terms of like a pure talent perspective, Rasheed Rice is more talented than Sky Moore based on what we've seen on the field thus far. And he has like a more interesting profile as a big bodied wide receiver in this offense. But it takes time. And they said that it's going to be a little while before he gets the full allotment of snaps. Like it could be late in the season before we see Rasheed Rice doing that. So Sky Moore is going to get a ton of opportunity, man. Kadarius Tony is hurt early in the season. Sky Moore is the very clear replacement for Juju in the slot. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity. And I think he's going to finish with more than a thousand yards receiving. So yeah, certified. He's going to take advantage of the opportunity that's given to him. All right. I'm going to say imposter and it's not. <laughs> Jagger. Shut up. I don't have an issue with Sky Moore. <laughs> I'm going to say imposter because at, at this point, I I think he's going to have a really good – I think he's going to be have a good year and it's going to be amongst that. And I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he put up the numbers that you guys have talked about. I just – it is hard for me to, to put stock in the fact that they've got a go-to person yet like a go-to receiver type. Like, you know what I mean? I, I Like, I can see, like, this to me right now, because we just haven't seen it, right? I haven't seen how this is going to work. Like, I could see one week it is Sky Moore who is the 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 the, 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 the ones they're targeting. I could see another week that it is MVS that is, you know, gone down the field and made plays, and it looks like the Bengal game. I could see Rasheed Rice stepping in. I could see Ross. Like, I I could – like, it just – we know Travis is going to be there, but I think this may be potentially a really great thing for this offense is you don't know who to key in on. And, like, in my mind, I think to myself, all right, if he just plays the same role that Sky Moore played – or that the same more – the same role that Juju played right off in the middle of the field off of Kelsey – like yes, he will. He will take what Juju got and expound on that. But then I don't know if that necessarily is how Andy and Pat and Nagy and them are going to construct the offense. And I think they've got actual other weapons. So the game plans can change and who goes, who the ball goes to, and who it. Because I just don't think there is a there is going to be a receiving threat in which. Pat feels like, oh, I got to get the ball to, or Andy has to get the ball to. So that that's my thing is I just think they have so many different guys from the wide receiver spot that it is hard for me at this point to say, yeah, this is going to be the wide receiver. Like I think as they break camp right now, there's not a yeah. wide receiver on the team that they say, I got to get oh, the ball. Like we got to get the ball to him. Yeah, there's these in these spots, and I, I I think that's fair because I think in what Mahomes like one extended preseason performance, he hit like eight different wide receivers or something like that. Like, yeah, it, it's it, but like Juju was going to be well over a thousand yards last season, and and he wasn't really a go to wide receiver. Like he was just consistently, and they were and they were consistent and efficient, and they scored a lot. So I think. Like I, I kind of agree with you. Like they're going to spread it all over the field, and that's why they have so many bodies in the wide receiver room. But I still think that Sky Moore could get to a thousand yards that way. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying at this point, like for me to say certified, like I don't, I don't know. Like he, he may, like he may, we may come out of the Detroit game and say Sky Moore is rolling, and then the next game, like somebody else is the one in the fold. That is, I just think it's going to be a lot of that. When I say certified, I mean at the end of the year, he's going to have the most targets and the most yards among the wide receivers. He might, he might. And that that's where I, because I do agree with everything you said, Ron. Like, I do think this is an offense where you might individually, there they may be, there may be some weeks where he goes three for 30 and, and it wouldn't yes. shock me at all. But that was the same thing that happened last year with Juju. I mean, look to the early season last year with Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, you were talking three for 10 against the Chargers five for 45 against Tampa Bay. And then late in the season as well, when he was dealing with some nagging injuries, three for 25, two for 20, two for 35. He had a few in there in the middle of the season. We're all around three for 40. Like 
I could see some of that stuff for for it, uh, for Sky this year. And they, but they also rolled to the middle of the season where for Juju, a guy like Sky just clearly wasn't getting it, and they weren't trusting him on the field a lot, and Pat wasn't trusting him. And then in the same time, Kadarius Tony was injured, and at the same time, McCole Hardman was injured, and that like, and then it, and then it, it's like, well, hell, it's got to come to Juju or or. Guys like Justin Watson, who sort of – I did not know sort of hated Justin Watson in this manner. Had to come around and get and get balls and get action. Here, it's going to – like the, the thought that three guys may just fall I mean, off the way. the least talented wide receiver. <laughs> God, I just didn't know you were coming at him like that. But, I it, I mean, it'll just – it'll be an interesting one to watch. I just – at this point right now, I just – if I don't believe the Chiefs have a wide receiver that they feel like they got to get the ball to – week to week, uh, then I'm going to hold off on that. So that, that's my thought. Dude. All right, man. Ooh, we went after it, baby. This was this is, this is beautiful. We're in regular season four, right, baby? Let's go, baby. All right, next time we'll be talking about Lions Chiefs as uh, this thing is about to get going, see if they can repeat and win their, uh, win their third championship. We are out. Baby.